Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. One shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, There should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. We did a teaching on the elect before, and uh, we are midway through, (laughs) midway, we're midway through Matthew chapter 24. If you haven't heard all of the messages, go back and you can listen to them right in order, but that'll bring you up to speed on where where we're at with this. Um, but verse 25, behold, I have told you before, therefore I say, I shall say unto you, behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even out of the west, so shall also the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. That's verses 21 through 28. We have two major issues that are going to be going on during Daniel's 70th week. The one major issue, on one hand, is spiritual deception. We already talked and preached on that. And then the other major issue will be physical death. Spiritual deception and physical death. This is why God says he's going to shorten the days. You remember we talked about as New Testament Christians, we're out trying to win souls. We'd love to have an extra hour in the day. Why? Because more souls could be saved. And this is why what's happening in Matthew 24, this is going to be a physical salvation. God's going to shorten the days so that more people can live physically. So you're going to have spiritual deception on one hand. You're going to have physical death on the other. And Satan is going to try his best. To rid Israel of all of their blessings that God has promised them, the kingdom being one of them. The Jews in this passage, not the New Testament church. Matthew 24 is not for the New Testament church, but the Jews must do two things. They must flee into the mountains. We preached on that last week so that they don't die physically. and. They can't follow after any false Christs and be deceived spiritually. That is what God gives those Jews to do because we have spiritual deception, one major problem, and then we have physical death, the second major problem. So they've got to do what God tells them to do, flee into the mountains. They've got to make sure they don't follow after false Christ and be deceived spiritually. Now, I asked you to get 2 Timothy chapter 3. Keep your finger in Matthew chapter 24. I want, to, I want you to get an understanding of the last days so that when you hear somebody say something, you can identify whether or not it's true or false for the church or not for the church. Watch what the church's last days look like. This is for us. 2 Timothy Chapter number three, watch verse number one. For this also that in the last days perilous times shall come. 
For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, proud, I'm sorry, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. The church is experiencing in its, in its last days spiritual apostasy. Now, those of you that grew up in the glory days of fundamentalism, where people were getting saved and there was actually something to revive. <laughs> you had a revival meeting, there was something to revive, you know. Now it just feels like, I mean, I don't know if it is or not, but it feels like there's nothing left to revive. There's just, but it has always been going on. And I know you can look back, those that grew up in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, and say, wow, it's such a different time. And it is. But there was spiritual apostasy back then. There was spiritual apostasy back in Paul's day, which is why he's writing this. So when did the last days of the church start? Well, it seems like. 2 Timothy 3, in Paul's day, and it's just the apostasy keeps waxing worse and worse and worse. Why do I say that the last days started in Paul's day? Well, because he's writing under the Holy Spirit, and men are loving themselves back then. They're proud. So we have spiritual apostasy. Where does all of that spiritual apostasy come from? Heart. These are heart matters. These are spiritual matters. You can see the physical when it says disobedient to parents. You can physically see the child being disobedient to the parent, but that disobedience springs out from the heart. That's the church's last days. We're in it. It's a spiritual apostasy. Have you had a, had a new birth? Have you had a spiritual birth? Have you been born again? If you've been born again, you are going to face spiritual problems. You can try to name it and claim it. You can try to read your prayer of Jabez. You're not going to get saved and get rid of your spiritual problems. We all are going to face them. This is why we have to put on the whole armor of God. It's a spiritual battle that we all face. Did I say spiritual enough? I'm trying to hammer that nail pretty good. Go back to Matthew 24. Verse number four. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. This is Israel's last day, and it involves 
physical wars and physical just going down and read it again. Are you in the physical birth lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? No, you're not. Israel's last days are not the church's last days. This is a, we are individuals. We are individual Christians. We witness to individuals. We don't have anything nation against nation. This is a national scope. National Israel's last days are not the church's last days. They're going to be earthly people facing earthly problems. And when the church is raptured and caught away, God's going to redirect to Israel and they are going to, as an earthly people, face their earthly problems. But I heard about a war in the news. I know. Well, I heard about a false Christ. I know. We'll hear about them. It's not like that doesn't happen. But that war that's going on isn't this one. <laughs> it's not what this is referring to. The false Christ that you're. You know, that you saw on TBN or I saw on some fake news. Yeah, they're here, but it's not this one. Okay, it's Israel's last days and the church's last days, and they're not the same. Now, I have to point that out because doctrinally, we are a pre tribulation church. And most Christians think that the main reason. We would say that we're pre-tribulation is to exempt us from Daniel's 70th week or the seven years of tribulation. But that isn't the main reason. The main reason is because we need you to understand that we're not Israel. So as soon as you hear somebody, whether they're a so-called Baptist preacher Baptists traditionally have never believed that because it's false. So when you hear somebody who tries to come off as a Baptist preacher and they say, we are Israel or I am Israel, they're not. They're lying and they're teaching a false doctrine. We are not the nation of Israel. We have not replaced Israel at all. Which is another reason why we are we don't believe in replacement theology. It's completely false. But we are pre-tribulation because we make a very clear distinction between the church and Israel. Now, you young people listening in the back, the church's last days are what? Let me hear you say spiritual. Okay. Israel's last days, which isn't now, it's going to happen after the church is raptured. It will be physical in nature. They will face physical problems. We are facing spiritual problems. Is there overlap? Yes, because we all have physical problems as well. But the main difference is we're spiritual people. They're in earth. We make a distinction between Israel and the church. When you read Jeremiah chapter 30, it says the time of Jacob's trouble. 
when you read Daniel chapter 9, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Are you Daniel's people? You're not Daniel's people. Dare to be a Daniel. Great song, but we are not Israel. We're not. So anytime you hear somebody say, I am Israel, just tune them out or just say you're wrong or just, you know, they're just wrong. Now, in the midst of Daniel's 70th week, <clears throat> a covenant's going to be broken. The Jews, not the church, will face verse 21. For then, Matthew 24, 21, shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. They flee into the mountains. Look at Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter number 12, verse 6. Watch this. Revelation 12, 6. And the woman, that's Israel, represented here, fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God, and they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. God takes care of Israel. How do you know that? Well, I read it in the Bible. <laughs> He took care of me by saving me from my sins. I'm not going to participate in one part of that Daniel's fulfillment. It's for Daniel's people. Not We are not Daniel's people. Look at Matthew 25. Look at verse 31. Matthew 25, verse 31. Now, there's a lot here. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats and he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left then shall the king say unto them on his right hand come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepare for you from the foundation of the world now watch this watch this for i was in hunger and ye gave me meat i was thirsty and ye gave me drink I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison. and You came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hung hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto you, Verily I say unto you, and as much as you have done it unto one of the least of my brethren, that would be the Jews, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then... Shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, and as much as he did it not to one of the least of these, he did it not to me. And these shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto eternal life. Now, we're not going to go verse by verse on Matthew 25, 
we're going to get to Matthew 25 at a later point, but I'm going to say this. If you see somebody needs some help, okay, help them out. So show, so show some, it's hard to put those two words together, Christian charity. But our great commission as a New Testament church, as a spiritual people, is to preach the gospel and try to show them their need for a savior so that they would be saved and have a spiritual home in heaven. If you set up a homeless shelter, we're not against you, we're not against you, fine. But to take something from Matthew 25 and say this is what we should do as a church is just out of context. Do you know how these people are going to be judged in Matthew 24 when God directs his attention back to Israel based on the way that they treated his brethren, the Jews? When they're fleeing into the mountains, when they're under persecution, when they're trying to stay away from false Christs, do you know how poor they will be? Do you know how hungry they will be? They will be entirely persecuted and hated because they don't accept the false Christ. When somebody takes care of Christ's brethren, and the way you treat the Jew during that time of Jacob's trouble is going to be the, one of the ways God is going, to, is going to judge that person. It's how they treat his people. And this idea that you hear coming across some pulpits and some people on the Internet with this anti-Semitic attitude toward the Jews is wrong and it's unchristian. It's not for us, but it's the Jews that are going to hunger and thirst. And be homeless. Okay. Well, I've got five pages of notes. I'm not even done page one yet. Is there, everybody getting something out of this? I want you to get something out of it. All right. We don't have to rush through it, but if, if we're going to be talking about this great tribulation, do you, do you think it's a good idea to define the word? So let's let's do that. The general definition when you see the word tribulation, what you know what it is, distress, suffering, affliction, trouble. And every time that word shows up in our Bible, that is our general definition. We did this before on different words when we talked about salvation or being saved. It means to be delivered. And we talked about you haven't heard those lessons. You can go back and see them. There's a general definition when words show up and for tribulation. That's what it means. However. We won't ever see in our Holy Bible. When the word tribulation shows up where it's defined as a time period. It's always a time of, a time of what? Suffering and trial and affliction, okay? It's not a time period. It's not, well, it's seven years. No, it's a time of suffering. Have you been some through some tribulation? You have. Have I? 
I have, a time of suffering, a time of affliction. It will always mean that all the time. Now look at Matthew 24, look at verse number 21. I want to show you this. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. For then shall be great distress and suffering and trials and persecution. It's, it's that time of these things. It's not a time period. And this is, the one, this is one of the reasons why people get confused. There's many, but one is they define tribulation as this time period, and they don't define it biblically within its context. I'm going to show you. Watch. Look at, look at verse 29. Watch what it says. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. <clears throat> if it meant a time period, it wouldn't even make sense. It would be God just stuttering. If it meant a time period, immediately after the time period of those days. Immediately after the time period of the time period. It doesn't make sense. Look at verse 29. I showed it to me. If the tribulation meant a time period, then it would read immediately after the time period of those days. What are those days? Well, those days are a time period. Now, stay with me. I know I said the same word over, but I want to try to understand this point. Read it as if it were defined as a time period. Immediately after the time period of the time period. <laughs> no, it's not a time period. It's a period of. Immediately after all of that suffering, all of that of those days. Does that make sense? <clears throat> we don't escape tribulation. We're in a sin-cursed world. But this period of suffering and tribulation that's happening in Matthew 24, we're not going to experience that. We've got our own that we've got to experience. But we're not going to experience this. All right, let's, let's move on. Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah chapter 30. If we study the Bible, and I know it's I know it's meaty to get through. I know I know it's easy to get lost sometimes. So while we're recording, you can go back to them. But if we study the Bible and we know the Bible well enough, we will be able to we will be able to point out false doctrine. You'll be able to see it. Bankers study the real one hundred dollar bill. They become experts at knowing what the real thing looks like. They don't have to study all the counterfeits. They know the real ones so well that when somebody comes in, all they got to do is feel it. Now that's false. It's not true. That's not real money. And we've had this happen to us a few times. When we take some money to the bank after a tournament, we have some cash we need to deposit. And uh, two times, I remember the teller, one time counting it, felt it. Pulled it out, felt it again, 
that somebody gave you a counterfeit. I said, I said, what? Let me see that. I said, it looks real to me. It don't matter what it looks to you. It don't pass. It doesn't. Am I out 20 bucks? Yep, you're out 20 bucks. And then the other time, the machine, they put the money in the machine, and the machine just counts it, and it'll spit out the false one. Whoever developed that technology is pretty good. That's this, 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 uh, this is a false one. That almost fooled the banker because the banker looked at it and said, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> Do you think the fall of mankind happened because the devil showed up like a horror movie? No, enough truth to make it look like it's worth listening to. And there it goes. Jeremiah 30. <clears throat> Look at verse 3. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. God never lies and it's not going to break his promise. Is that clear and easy to understand? Look at verse 10. <laughs> Therefore fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for I will save thee from afar and thy seed from the land of their captivity, and Jacob shall return and shall be in rest and be quiet, and none shall make him afraid. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, Though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. Last two, verse 17. Watch this. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents and have mercy upon his dwelling places and the city shall be builded upon her own heap and the place shall remain after the manner thereof. When you look at this, my people Israel, I will cause them, they shall possess it. Neither be dismayed, O Israel. Who is that for? Who is that for? Israel. Well, we're Israel. No, you're not. You're confused. If you think you're Israel, you are not Israel. This is for them. We are not Daniel's people. We are a New Testament church. We're not getting land. We are going to be taken from earth. And we are going to be placed in a spiritual home. Because we have repented. And we have been converted. You know what's going to happen to Israel? They are going to repent. And they are going to convert. And then they are going to be placed in a physical land. God promised them land. They're going to get it. Spiritual versus earthly. They're going to be gathered to an earthly land. And there they will repent. And they will be converted. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. 
In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.